0: Welcome back to What Comes Up. On this episode, we're going to talk about how do you tell yourself you're good enough? That's a question that I face myself on numerous occasions from time to time, that little voice in your head that tells you that you're not good enough. How do you tell yourself that you're good enough? And believe it. When you look in the mirror And the person looking back at you Isn't the person you want to see Or you aren't where you want to be Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually How do you believe that? How do you go about nobody shaming? How do you go about No career shaming? No family shaming. I'm not the best mom. I'm not the best father. I'm not the best sister or brother. Who do you listen to? Do you listen to that little voice in your head when your relationship isn't where you want it to be or where you think it should be? Are we just not giving ourselves enough grace in these areas in our life? When, when that little voice keeps telling us that we're not good enough, that we should be somewhere else, that we should look like something else, that we should feel like something else. When you give in all that you can, all that you have, doing your best, but the world tells you it's not enough. Your job tell you it's not enough. Your family tell you it's not enough. Your spouse tell you it's not enough, Your children tell you it's not enough. When your children aren't listening to the parenting that you're providing, you know, you, you want so much for them when you're a parent. you want the best for them. When you see the potential in them, and they don't fully see that potential, what do you do? When your expectations fall below what others may think or what the standards of life are. Who made these rules? What do you do? Who do you believe? How do you get out of this? How do you get out of this rut of not feeling adequate? Not enough. Where do you go when your back is against the wall? When you're tired of being sick and tired? Has anybody out there that's listening asked themselves these questions or felt this way? I know I have. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't. What do I do? You gotta tell yourself shut up. You got to give yourself some grace. Let's go back and affirm. I'm good enough. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I deserve greatness every day. I am deserving of great things. No matter what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, no matter what anyone says, I am good enough. I will not give up. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Take your power back. Take your power back. It's like constantly this inter-turmoil. Let's back up a minute. I don't know what your spiritual belief is, your spirituality. I don't know where you are, but I'm going to tell you what I do when this conjuring just spirit of, of, of inadequacy comes up, this feeling of doubt, this feeling of just shame, this feeling of blaming myself and not giving myself grace. I look in the mirror. Every inch of me is good enough. I start being grateful and I start digging into Gratitude. Oh, I thank you for this roof over my head. I thank you for me being able to walk on my own two feet, Lord. I thank you for me being able to see, being able to breathe with no assistance of oxygen. I thank you for the life and health in my body. Even if you're not in good health, there is something good that you can look at and be thankful for. And then you start changing your energy. You start changing your energy. You know, it's a big old saying out there right now. Keep that same energy. Think about something that you really enjoy doing. Something that makes you laugh. And then you go into that space. And you dig deep in your mind. And you go there. And you stay there in that place that makes you feel powerful. Powerful. To where you feel empowered. And then you get out of that doubtful spot. And you just keep telling yourself. Over and over and over again. I'm good enough. I'm giving myself grace today. I got out of bed. I took a shower. Even if you ain't taking a shower. Go brush your teeth. I brush my teeth. You're good enough. We are good enough. I am good enough. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep moving. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening. Another episode of What Comes Up with your girl, Nevada Morgan. I'm so excited because I have my first guest this week. This gentleman that I have is my husband, a.k.a. B. Morgan, the great to me, and I am going to interview him, and we're going to talk about a serious and real issue this week, and we're going to talk about African-Americans and mentorship and how there's a lack of and what it looks like when there isn't the correct mentorship. And when there is the correct mentorship, so with further ado, let me have him introduce himself, Mr. Brandon Morgan. Mr. Brandon Morgan, can you introduce yourself to my listeners and tell them who you are, you know, a little bit about yourself, and About this subject, mentorship with young black African males, and not only African American males, excuse me, but males in general, because it's not only affecting uh, minorities, but the majority of this young generation. I'm giving you the floor now.
1: Uh, Thank you. Um... My name is Brandon Morgan and I'm just a young man who's uh, humbly educated, very um, open-minded and very diplomatic, but I haven't always been away. It's just something I've come to understand and seek as I got older, but when it comes to mentorship... My journey began with uh, my first son uh, wanting to build that bond with him from a father-son perspective to make sure that he didn't have that same dumbass look that I would have because I had um, subpar relationships with the men that were the father figure in my life. So um, started with coaching and then realizing that like I really enjoyed coaching and a lot of those young men i had a lot of things in common with them because i was able to relate to some of those problems like uh such as seeing drug abuse seeing domestic violence seeing um a lot of negative things in and around the nest so i understood a lot of those things and i just would give people a perspective of hey you can make it out of that because oftentimes uh my generation i can only speak for that we were left for dead by a lot of the male figures hence the reason why some grandfathers had to get in there um thankful for my grandfather god bless his soul um taking up more time with me because the father that i had and the dad that i had that raised me those two guys you know they, they when they on they on but when they were off they were extremely off and and Young men need to have someone that's consistently on. Excuse me, Mr. Morgan.
0: Can I interrupt you for a minute? I'd like to touch point on something that you majorly said in the beginning. As Hove said, let me introduce myself. I don't think Mr. Morgan really, truly, fully introduced himself because I want him to touch point and highlight himself and give the pat. The pat is truly detrimental. As a a dear friend of ours always said, you know, for me, the pat is detrimental. So I would like my husband to highlight, even though he said humbly educated, I would like him to touch point in the degrees that he has because he mentioned a young man coming from where he's came from. And that way he gives hope To the younger generation and showing them that they can do this too. And it's a constant daily struggle and going out here getting on that grind. So, Mr. Morgan, if you don't mind me asking you to touch point in the degrees that you have accomplished and the years that you've accomplished them because I really think that that is a very key point and I am very proud of those. Do you mind?
1: Mm No, ma'am. So in the last five years, I've been able to attain four degrees. I have my master's in education, which is from Xavier University in coaching education and athletic development. I did undergrad at Wilmington University. I mean, Wilmington College to be exact. Um, where I specialized in sports management and minored in coaching. I got, before I arrived at Wilmington, I double majored at Cincinnati State in business administration and sports management. And to go for, to show the real grind, it was a five-year grind. I had to pull my grades from when I was in, last time I was in college in my 20s, I had to pull it from a 1.8, And when I graduated from Cincinnati State, I was able to pull it to a 2.9 and some change. But that means I averaged a three and a half dang near every term. Um, Then when I got to Wilmington, I graduated from Wilmington, magnum cum laude, you know, with a 3.77. And when I got to Xavier, I graduated with my master's with a 3.567. So... I've always been intelligent.
0: Excuse me, Mr. Morgan. So, so, listeners, he mentioned humbly. A lot of people don't take that very seriously, but he's being very humble. But I want to be bold in regards to this aspect because of the topic of mentorship and giving hope uh, to our younger generation. So because I'm his wife, I can tell you because I was in the grind, I may not have been mentally in the grind always. And I'll be completely honest with that. But let me throw some years out there to you guys so you can understand fully. And the reason Mr. Morgan's GPA was about a 1.97, if I am correct. I was a uh, 1.8. 1.8. Okay. His mother passed away of pancreatic cancer when he was...
1: Cancer of the appendix. Of the
0: appendix. I apologize. And that happened at the very beginning of our relationship. So, he said, F school. So, Cincinnati State don't let you start in with a clean slate. They made you prove yourself. So, he had to prove himself. So, if my memory serves me correctly, my husband... Graduated in 2016, is that correct?
1: 16. 16.
0: Associate, 16 from Cincinnati State. Did we do 17? 17. 17, Cincinnati State. And then Wilmington College, we did...
1: Graduated in, so it was 18. 18. 18 turned into 19.
0: Magnum cum laude. And let's back up to the Cincinnati State. He made the dean's list every term. So we couldn't get the summa and magnum each time or magna. Did I say that correct? Okay. Each time because he was pulling it up from a 1.8. Y'all can go up and look up GPAs and things of that nature, but I'm, I'm walking to a point on this. So we're at Wilmington College. And mind you, he actually got some type of special honors with the, what was that? Tyumba.
1: Yeah, I got the Tayemba Award, and it's basically where, you know, um, it highlights those who come from um, minority backgrounds, and and I was a keynote speaker, you know, talking about my experiences because when you go back to school as an older student, it's it's a lot different than when you're in your twenties and it's just you, and um, but a lot of my inspiration, the the, the things that. I think why me and a lot of the younger gentlemen and the younger ladies uh, get along so much. I had a lot more in common with them because they, I understood the whole being looked over and being left for dead kind of a piece. I understand the the whole aspect of. Uh, Excuse me, Mister
0: Morgan. We got one last one to do that we didn't do. So Xavier University,
1: so, you're uh, graduate. So I just graduated from there. That was... Um, 2001. I, uh, 2001. So I graduated from Wilmington that December, turning into 19. I started that January, and I finished two years And uh, this, this past May. And mind
0: you, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to... Life happens when you're going on to greatness. Great man, still living, Les Brown, said, you will fail your way to success. During some of this time... You know, we've had a tumultuous type marriage and we were going through a lot of growing pains and we still are. And I am being vulnerable in this state. But in 2020, we found out that we were expecting our sixth child and I'm not a spring chicken. And what they would say is advanced maternal age. So um, I became pregnant with our daughter, Angel at the age of 34 going into 35 and end up being hospitalized for a great part of my pregnancy towards the end. And I was on bed rest in the hospital during Corona for like two and a half months. And Mr. Morgan continued schoolwork and, um, holding our family down while mommy was cooking a baby. So I make it a great point here that this is doable when you got that mental mindset and you train your thinking. So I'm going to give the floor back to him because I want Mr. Morgan to key point a lot of these young gentlemen that come to him all the time. And they're saying, coach, I would not be here if it was not for you. Or they call him and confide in him because they don't have their fathers or grandfathers. So they're finding a mentor in him. And I really believe biblically, somewhere in the Bible where God talks about he'll be the motherless. He'll be the mother to the motherless the father to the fatherless. And that in my mind means that God will put somebody in your place to stand firm, to give you what you need when you need it. And from the outside looking in, I seen Mr. Morgan be a father to a lot of gentlemen and ladies. Mind you, he has coached female girls basketball. It wasn't my favorite because, you know, as females, we can be pretty emotional. So I'm giving him back the floor because I want him to highlight into the mentorship and how it affects our ladies and gentlemen when they have it and when they don't. What can you say about that in your experience with the lack of And then when they have it, how do you think it's affected them?
1: I mean, well, I mean, it determines how they view relationships that they will have. It determines how they view education, how they view work ethic, how they view authority. It ain't just about, you know, a coach or a teacher uh, teaching them things. It's about how they see... Uh, 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 a great coaching buddy of mine, God bless his soul, um, Doug Hoff. He once told me, he said, how can I yell at my players when the average player that I'm coaching doesn't have a male figure in their life? He said, if you've never had a male figure in your life, you, you're not going to understand how to interact with one. He said, so I try to ease into it, get to know them, and we find uh better communication to um to make the relationship be uh, a good thing for both me as a coach to teach them and for them as a player to understand what I'm teaching them to make them better so we can get them into college or whatever they're trying to do or the workforce so you know you got guys like that you're coaching around guys like that those kind of guys um you know Doug uh, has a great dad his dad um, uh, Ron Huff, you know, I coached with him and, and Ron was a very even kill guy, you know and but also too from my aspect, the whole mentorship thing a lot of young men won't have um, a mentor in their life unless it's prescribed by the school system or their parents seek it out, the average kid might get a coach and so, you know How can you impact the next generation if you don't take those roles as a coach seriously? It's it's bigger than wins and losses, you know, because some of those kids come to practice with their feelings on their sleeve, and you got to work through that first before you can teach them a sport because they got to build up their trust for you. The average child is not coming in from a nuclear family. You know, there's a lot of different family dynamics. So,
0: So Mr. Morgan, just to kind of... Bring things to full circle and wrap things up for our listeners. Y'all know we like to keep it short, sweet to the point. What I'm hearing from Mr. Morgan is that he meets people where they are because of his street smart, street mentality, mentality. I'm keeping that in there. That he can meet people on a vast level. Of wherever they are in their life. Is that right?
1: Yeah, well, the biggest thing is respect is respect. And respect is a universal language around the world. And one thing about it, everybody wants to be respected. Not everybody does things that are respectful, but everybody wants to be respected. And part of the reason why I make sure that I'm a better example as a man for the young women and the young men that that are under my tutelage, just because I have a primitive nature with men in general from my bad experiences with men. So with men, I'm gonna be that much more. I'm gonna look him in his eyes. I'm gonna shake his hand. I, I want to see what he's about. But once I figure his word ain't worth nothing, I won't even acknowledge him like his mama didn't teach him how to breathe or something. Like you know me personally, I when it comes to men. A man being soft to me ain't a man. And so just as much as I hold myself to a certain standard, when I wasn't living right and I was living in a, um, a heathen state, you know, I know for a fact that people didn't respect that about me. And that's fine. And th- th- that goes with the turf. So when you get better and you mature to certain things, you hold yourself to a standard because you only want to be around that standard anyway. I want to pull people up to where I'm at. I, I'm very respectful. I'm, if I if I can't get along with you, I, I just won't come around, you know. I don't have no problems walking away from something or someone that is threatening my nirvana. So when I get into these mentor situations is to empower the next generation because somebody gonna come after them and they're gonna need to empower them with what they've been taught and what they've learned. and. Coaches weren't coming through the 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 inner city and unless you was like the next Shaquille O'Neal like that. And so I understand that whole being left for dead kind of a thing in the inner city and having those issues. And now you're trying to figure out, well, how do I cope and get along? Losing my mother at a young age of twenty one, I learned a lot of hard lessons about relationships, about how people are. And a lot of times, man, all I had was me. And so I don't, I don't take it lightly what I learned, but I also, too, can respect a person that's accountable for their actions and responsible for their actions. So
0: with all that being said, one of the biggest questions I have for you, Mr. Morgan, is if you could give someone, some people some words of encouragement to meet them where they are no matter where they are in their life right now giving your wide variety of experience on all different levels what would you tell a young you out there right now
1: well uh, it goes back into how I was talking to my, my oldest son and his friends today. was telling them about, man, first off, don't just put your efforts away like they don't count. All effort has a result. But most importantly, you know, get your financial literacy. You know, because everybody wants to get money, but it's one thing to get money and not know what to do with it. It's another thing to get money and know what to do with it so that you can live a certain lifestyle you're trying to maintain. But more importantly, before you get to those things, love yourself. That's something I learned recently because most men don't have the most. uh, If you take away drugs, alcohol and sex, the average man is dull. So... You got to find a way to look in the mirror and like what you see to be able to tell that person on a down day when it's bad and you have nobody in your corner i love you and i want the best for you and even if that means standing alone but being able to stand when nobody is staying with you is 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 a, a tough feat in itself so I would tell people first start with self love. Learn how to love yourself. You can't love nobody else until you love self. Once you learn you know to love self, authentic love for yourself, then you fill your th- your your brain and your body with the proper nutrients whether that be spiritual, whether that be economical or intellectual as well as physical, sexual. You you nourish your body's needs your wants can be fulfilled through your needs if you love yourself because a lot of times most people drink drug and 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 have sex waverly because they're trying to get the serotonin levels and that adrenaline pumping and everything like that out as a means of coping and self-medicating through pain depression is real drink more water that's what i would tell you You got headaches, drink more water. So all those things that I just said, it goes back to that first thing, self-love. Love yourself and be able to love yourself so much to where you know how to tell situations and things, no, this ain't good enough.
0: Well, Mr. Morgan, I think this has been a very enlightening moment. You all got to hear it first. The first interview with B. Morgan, a great Mr. Morgan is what I like to call him. Coach B is some call him or lots call him. And we will hear more from him on different aspects of life and a lot of different things that he has going on a little bit throughout on what comes up. Thank you all for listening. I want you to make sure you establish yourself as a listener. New episodes drop every Monday at 5 p.m. So I need y'all to come in and listen up. And we jump right into this thing. By the way, Mr. Morgan owns the studio, the Ant Mound. Here in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the corner of Summit and Reading. He doesn't know this, but my background music today is coming from him. So that background music you guys are hearing, it's coming from him. Thank you guys, and I want you to have a great day. Love yourself. Hey guys, thanks for listening to what comes up and what comes out. I have two young gentlemen here. One, my favorite, oldest son, Amari, Elijah Morgan, a.k.a. Rock, and then his friend Aaron. I don't know the other two, but they are some ambitious young gentlemen. I'm just encouraging them how to start their new podcast called A&A. These are some two funny gentlemen and I just kind of want to talk to them because having yourself grow up in young America with so many pressures right now, with so many things from social media, from what's coming out with all the artists and stars and things like that, I just want to start with the oldest of the two, Aaron. Aaron, tell me some of the struggles and confusions that you have on a daily basis in securing yourself as a young African-American male. Can you, are you comfortable with just letting us know with the people what's going on with that? Uh, self-doubt. self okay. uh, Just... So oh, let's no. start with that guy. So I'm going to let him stew on that answer. So self-doubt. Guys, y'all listen in my second podcast, episode two on affirmations. Affirming yourself, I deserve great things. Every day, open it up to the universe. You know, God tells you I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So if I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I believe in the Father, the Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. If the streets in heaven are paved with gold, why can't I have that gold down here? I'm part of royalty. So I'm asked, Dow Jesus up. We was at a game, y'all. And the lady started with a prayer and she said, Um, hey God. As I go to him, um, hey God. So I'm down here and I got all these bills. And this is the money that I actually have in my account. Can you add a little something to that? Because I'm royalty and I am a princess down here. Can you give me some strategies to Get to the bag and provide. Because you said that you're Jehovah Jireh. Meaning that he will provide all my needs according to his riches and his glory. So he owns everything. So that means I'm a part of everything that he owns. So self-doubt. Put it in the trash. We just put self-doubt in the trash. Y'all can't see this. But self-doubt just went in the trash like this. Did y'all hear that? Self-doubt gone. What's the next thing? Self-doubt gone.
1: That's stopping me, uh, maybe the uh, um, I'm gonna have to go back to maybe just being complacent, just laziness.
0: He's honest, man, and the uh, first thing you can do is be honest with yourself. Just comfortability, <laughs> complacency, and comfortability, guys, will kill you. Proverbs 25 talks about that. Look in the last two chapters. I don't know them verbatim, but we're gonna talk to young Elijah. Morgan, that's what he called himself on Facebook. Can you answer that question for your mother here?
2: Uh, probably just... What's stopping you? Because you got a lot of resources. Mm. We're going talk about that.
0: Why? Oh wait a minute. I just heard some fire in this chat, guys. Wait a minute. I just heard some heat on this. Aaron, can you please repeat that smoke? Because it's going to be some smoke about that.
1: And I'm not saying that, like, every opportunity that somebody have, you're supposed to, like, chase down or be like, oh, but... If you got the opportunity to take a chance or take a
2: risk or see what's out there, why not?
0: So, he, you just heard him say that, but I don't think y'all heard. And he didn't throw no shade. He had the sun all in it. He asked Amari, right, why not? What's stopping you? You got a lot of resources. That's Is that what you just said? Can you exactly. say it so they can hear it in your words? <laughs> say it yeah. with your chest like that kind at of heart.
1: What's <laughs> stopping you. you? You know, you got a lot of resources. You got a lot of
2: people that can help you,
1: you know.
0: Okay, so let's go to Amari to answer this question.
2: It probably, it, it's, it's probably about uh, comfortability and, you know, like Ann said, comfortability and doubt, but also, you know, just, you know, changing from being monotonous to okay. really being, you know, more available to whatever is available and just opening myself up to stuff that You know, in one aspect, I would be, you know, quick to shut it down because I'm just not eager to change. But, you know, in another aspect, it's like I know that after a while I will need to. So it's just all about, you know, finding that courage to really tell myself that I should just just to take one step and really just figure out how to, you know, change my monotonous lifestyle. For the better. So that's probably what I can say.
0: Guys, I thank y'all for being so honest and letting the people hear you because there's some people out there that's feeling the same way that you are. You guys are just honest enough to admit it. So, can y'all just right now, the people can't see you, but I'll tell them what you're doing. Can y'all get y'all stuff on a pat on the back? For being honest. Just go ahead and do it. Physically. Give yourself... That's that's your shoulder. Give yourself a pat on the back. Pat on the back. Okay. So, guys, what we're hearing is monotony, doing the same thing, feeling comfortable. But guess what? Les Brown said you will fail your way to success. So, also, too being comfortable guys we get comfortable being comfortable but then technically we're uncomfortable because we're sitting there i'm tired of this i'm about to be vulgar shit i don't want to do this anymore but i don't want to do nothing else but i just want to show these guys how quick starting a podcast is and we just did this in six minutes you can do anything for six minutes I hit record I just ad-libbed it this is no second takes and I don't know if you guys really know that all my podcast I do it in one shot one shot Sally because in life a lot of times we only have one opportunity at this because once we're die once we die we're dead and I'm gonna leave that in there So we did. So we just going to do what we can do with what we got and keep it moving. That's another episode of what comes up, comes out every Monday at 8 p.m. Listen up on Anchor. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.